0: About the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Um, oh, cool. It's there. Awesome. So, woo. So, if, you, if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 23 to 24. Deuteronomy chapter four, verse 23 to 24. So this is a scripture where Moses is speaking to the people um, on behalf of God. It's like a call to obedience. It's a call to beware of idolatry, to be wary of what they let into their life, of what they worship. But my favorite part about this is the end of that scripture. and it says in um, Deuteronomy four, verse twenty three to twenty four, take heed to yourselves, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which He made with you, and make for yourselves a carved image in the form of anything which the Lord your God has forbidden you. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. So God's saying to the people, don't make anything else, don't worship anything else. You know, because actually I'm a I should consume your whole life. I am a consuming fire. You know, I, I there should be nothing that comes up against me. Well, there's nothing that can come up against me. I am a jealous God. And Hebrews 12, 20, um, 12 verse 29 also says, for our God is a consuming fire. Whew, who likes fire? Who likes fire? I love fire. So if, you, if you're taking notes today and you want like a message title, I've got two for you. The first one is like all consuming fire, pretty straightforward. If you wanted a fun one, burn, baby, burn. So you can put that one down. Or consuming fire or burn baby burn, whatever you wanna call it. It's a choose your own adventure today. All right, so who likes fire? I love fire. Like, okay, I'll just put it out there. I'm not a pyromania. I don't like bush fires. I don't like fires, that you know, house fires. I don't like anything that hurts people or anything like that, but I love a good bonfire. Who loves a good bonfire? As a kid, I just loved like roasting marshmallows and stuff. Like when my parents went out one day, we were with some friends and I was, I don't know, we were like nine or ten or something and we decided we'd turn on the like stove and we would like roast our marshmallows on the fire there because we like fire. One time as well, now this, don't try this at home. Luckily, the kids are out in kids' church, so that's good. Um, But when I was about seven or eight, my mum went away on a women's conference. And so dad was looking after us for the week. And we ran out of matches to light our stove. And so dad's like, hey, I know a great way to do it. And so he'd get a piece of tissue. He'd pop down the toaster and then stick the tissue in the toaster, sets it on fire and then drop it on the stove. And we're like, that's sick. So (laughs) What happened was, I did it under the supervision of dad, you know, drop this fly, awesome, it works. But then I thought, I'm gonna do it when dad's not here because I'm an expert now. And so mum was back now from this conference and I pick up a piece of tissue. I'm only seven and I pop down the toaster put it in there, and at that very moment as I get it on fire, my mum walks in so I scream and throw it and and it lands on the bench and and obviously tissue, it burns up real quick, fire burns quick and so this thing just starts to go up and mum's like screaming, what are you doing? Like, the saucepan, like, flick it into the sink and then put water on it because it starts to, like, try and get the tea bags and set them on fire in the tea towel, and we're just like, ah! And it was just a a crazy time. But we know that fire, the reason why seven-year-olds are not supposed to play with fire is because fire is dangerous. (laughs) It's because when you have fire, it consumes. Whatever fire gets on, if it's something that's dead, if it's something that's flammable, it's going to go up in flames. It's going to consume it just like that. Fire consumes, and God is an all-consuming fire. Do you want to burn with fire for God? Whew. Do you want to burn with fire for God? So my first point today, if you're taking notes, is fire burns up the dead things. Fire burns up the dead things. So like that tissue that's a, actually I don't even really know. It's like tissue made of like paper and stuff, um, but tissue is made up of dead materials, and once fire gets on it, boom, it burns it up. The Holy Spirit is God and God is an all-consuming fire. So when the Holy Spirit gets on your life, He's not like there. we think, you know, that Jesus is all rainbows and sunshines. Like we just think that, you know, life with God is just like frolicking through fields and being like happy and delightful all the time. But that's not what it's like at all. Um, And and that's not in a a bad way. Like, you know, I think life, when we're just like that, we wouldn't actually appreciate and understand what God has given us if our life was all rainbows and sunshines all the time. But (laughs) the Holy Spirit, when He comes on your life, He's not there to be like, you're doing awesome, sweetie. You're so good. You're always good. You're great. You're amazing. You know that saying that they say all the time? You are enough. You are enough. You're so good. You're amazing. You're beautiful, babe. I like read these like teenagers comments on each other's photos on Instagram. Oh my gosh, babe, Illy. Oh my gosh, babe, you're so perfect. Oh my gosh, babe, like you're amazing. And (laughs) you see these things and and we think sometimes that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, we think that God, when he comes into a life, that's what it's going to be like. But it's not like that at all. The Holy Spirit is not coming in your life just to be a cheerleader. He's actually coming into your life to burn some things up. He's coming into your life to do some some work. The Bible says that we're not going great. He can't come in and be a cheerleader of your life because your life is not going great. That's why you need Jesus. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. It's because the Bible actually says we are wicked to the core. The Bible says that we are sinful. The Bible says we are all sinners and have all fallen short of the glory of God. And so when the Holy Spirit comes into our life, He can't champion that. He's got to get rid of that. He's got to burn that up. He is an all-consuming fire. When the Holy Spirit comes into our life, He's like, all right, let's get to work. Let's get down to business. Let's burn up the dead stuff in your life. But the thing is, you've got to let Him in because the Holy Spirit can come in, but He's only going to touch the parts of your life that you actually let Him so he will do as much work as you allow him to do. Because God is not going to, he's not, he's not into rebellion. He's not into resistance. He doesn't work with people that are fighting against him. He wants people that are surrendered to him. So you've got to actually let him do his work. You've got to surrender those parts of your life. Open up those places for him to come and do a burn off. You know, it was said about the bushfires that happened um, early this year that one of the major problems was that there was meant to be burn-offs of the land. They were meant to actually burn off all that dead stuff so then the fire couldn't have actually gone as far as what it did. But that didn't happen. And what's crazy is a burn-off, it sucks. A burn-off is like, um, a burn-off in our life, that's going to be painful. You know, it's burning up things and, and it's a fire, it's still dangerous and it's still something you have to... Um, be careful of, but burn off is a good thing to get rid of all that dead stuff, to get rid of all those things that could potentially become dangerous. Because a burn off is a controlled fire, right? They control it, they plan it out and they make sure it only goes over this certain area. But what happens when you don't do a burn off is then things like bushfires happen and then it goes way further and out of control like you never believed and like you never thought. We need the Holy Spirit to come and burn these things in our life, burn off the dead stuff before the fire actually takes over our life, before the sin actually consumes our life. You know, in the book of Leviticus, um, we read it as a team this year. Oh, honestly, it is a hard book to get through. Like, I encourage you, if you want to read the book of Leviticus, do it with friends. Do it with friends (laughs) because it is hard. But it is a book of, like, offerings and feasts. And the book talks a lot about sacrifice. And offering for sin. And what they had to do for an offering for sin was to take an animal and they lay their hands on it. So it's like the transference of their sin to the animal and then they'd kill it and they'd burn it. What I thought was interesting is, is it not enough that the animal just gets killed? You know, I put my sins on it and it dies. But no, it had to be burnt. It had to be burnt. It actually says it had to be totally consumed in fire. It says that every time you see this repeated statement through the book of Leviticus, is burn it on the altar as a sweet aroma to the Lord. Fire, burning up those sins, burning up those things in our life is actually a sweet aroma to the Lord because it's making us more like Him. It's getting rid of those things that separate us from Him. Romans 12 verse 1 says, Our life is a living sacrifice. So thankfully, because of Jesus, when the Holy Spirit comes on our life, we don't burn up. We don't just go, boom, like gone. Um, Because if we didn't have Jesus, that's exactly what would happen. If we came into the presence of God, we would die. There's people in the Bible that literally that happens. They go into the presence of God and they die because of their sin. So we're thankful for Jesus because that doesn't happen anymore. But Our life is a living sacrifice. So that doesn't mean just because we have Jesus, we don't have stuff to burn anymore. It just means we're protected from dying. (laughs) We've got to bring our life on the altar before the Lord so that he can have his way in our heart. In Galatians 2 verse 20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. Matthew 16, verse 24 to 25 says, And Jesus said to His disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. When we come after Jesus, Like I said, it's not sunshines and rainbows. He literally says, die to yourself. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. So that means my life has actually been put on the cross with Jesus. It's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. That's why I live this life. That's why I ask Jesus, because I don't want me anymore. I want Him in my life. I'm dying to myself. I deny myself and take up my cross and follow after Him. deny who I am and my will and my desire to take up the will of God, to take up His desire and His His will for my life. When the Holy Spirit comes upon your life, He is an all-consuming fire. He doesn't want a little bit of your life. He wants it all. Like that song when we say, all we want is you, Jesus. God wants that from you. He wants all of you. He wants you to give all of you, not a little bit, not just this area of my life, God, but He wants all of it. He is an all-consuming fire. And our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, it says in the Word of God. He is holy, perfect, and pure. So when Holy Spirit wants to come and live somewhere, He's going to do a cleaning out. You know when like you move into someone's like rental property or you move into a new house that you buy, they have to clean it all out before you come in. They have to make it nice and like it's in like the contracts and stuff is you have to make it nice and spick and span. When the Holy Spirit moves in, he doesn't want to come into a filthy house. He wants to clean it out. He wants to clean it out. So he's going to do a bit of a burn off. That's what he does. He wants to do a cleaning out of his temple. And you may think, heck, that's scary. That's really scary because there's some things in my life that I don't really want God to like touch because, yeah, I don't want him to do that because that's going to be hard. That's going to be painful. Or maybe you're just thinking, I can't do that. I will never be good enough for God. I will never be perfect. I'll never be able to overcome these things. But it says in Philippians 1 verse 6, is that being confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So it's not a burn off once. It's a continual burn. It's a continual burn. That sounds painful, but it's the best possible thing. It's a constant thing because he wants to complete the work. He wants to finish the work. So he's going to go. He's going to do a controlled burn like we do, um, you know, preparing for bushfires, a controlled burn. He's going to start on one area of your life and then he's going to go to the next area. And the more that you let him in, the further he can go and the more things that he can clean out and burn out of your life. That's a lot. But he wants to see you um, come to completion. He wants to consume your life. Like John the Baptist said, so he can become greater and greater and I can become less and less. He's going to burn up some things, some dead work, sin, corruption, bitterness of heart until the day of completion. And he's constantly working. He's constantly working. I know for myself, I started reading this book called Dangerous Prayers by Pastor Craig Rochelle it's a dangerous book. <laughs> i tell you what, it is dangerous. He was not kidding when he says dangerous prayers. And I read it and I, was, I started reading it and I was like, oh yeah, the introduction, that sounds all right. And the first chapter is search me. The first prayer you're meant to pray in this book is search me, O oh God. And you're like, oh, that sounds all right. Like, I think I'm going all right. And then you say, search me, God. And he starts to point out things. You're like, no, stop searching. Stop. (laughs) I've had enough, you know. The Holy Spirit is thorough in his search. So he will bring things to light that you didn't even know was there. He's going to pull up attitudes in your heart that you didn't even know was there. And he's going to say, hey, can I burn this? Hey, can I burn this? Can I burn this? Can we get rid of this in your life? Can we get rid of this attitude? Can we get rid of this unforgiveness? Can we get rid of this bitterness? Can we get rid of this insecurity? Can I get rid of this? He's going to start bringing those things up. If you bring them before God, He is an all-consuming fire. So whatever is not of Him, He's going to burn it up if you let Him, if you bring them to Him, because He wants to make you like Jesus. He wants to make you a finished work, a complete work. The second thing is fire purifies. The Holy Spirit is our helper. It says the Holy Spirit is our helper who needs help. Who needs help? I need serious help in my life, you know. (laughs) Honestly, without Jesus, where would I be? I'd be a pyromaniac. That's where I would be. (laughs) Living life for Jesus is not easy, but that's why he gave us the Holy Spirit to help us. God is an all-consuming fire. The Holy Spirit in our life not only burns up the dead stuff, the unfruitful stuff in our life, but he actually purifies us. He refines us with fire. He refines us. In 1 Peter 1, verse 6 to 7, It says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So you've been grieved by various trials, but it's so that the genuineness of your faith, though it is being tested by fire, can be found to the praise, honor, and glory of the revelation of Jesus Christ you know how gold is refined? I watched one video last night on YouTube, so now I'm an expert. So I'm gonna take you through this. <laughs> Isn't that the, the thing though? It's like, you're like, oh, how can I do so? Like, I'm just gonna look on YouTube? Yep, I'm an expert now. No worries, I got this. I learned even how to break into my own car through YouTube, it was sick. I mean, you shouldn't do that for like anyone else's car, but you know, it's there if, if you need. Um, <laughs> so I left my keys inside, okay? <laughs> Do you know how gold is refined? So this this video that it took me through, this is the way that they do it in their particular gold refinery place. First thing is that they get two sources of gold. They get mostly gold from mines and then some they get from like gold jewellery. Then the gold is washed in chemicals that take away the base metals. And then it goes through a second wash that takes away the silver. And then it's heated up to about 1400 degrees, it said, to melt it pour it into a gold bar then they wash the gold bar and then they melt it again and then they wash it in chlorine and then they refine it into these like little things that look like cornflakes, and then they wash that with chemicals and then they turn it into liquid gold and then it turns they turn it into dried sand so it's like gold sand and then they melt the sand into grains and then it's washed again and then it's manufactured that's a lot of refining (laughs) And when, then we look at the Bible and it says that I'm going to refine you with fire like gold. And you go, ooh, that looks like a lot though, God. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big process. There's a lot of chemicals and a lot of burning and a lot of melting and a lot of high temperatures Um, I don't know if I like that. It's literally washed washed and heated and 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 washed and heated. The refining process is so intense. It involves being burned with fire till gold becomes liquid. It's being put under intense pressure. But the thing is, the refining process is important because when gold is refined, the closer it is to pure gold, the more value it has. The more value it has. God wants to refine us like gold because He wants to increase our value. He wants to make us more like Him. He wants to get rid of the world that has tainted us and He wants to make us like Him. So He's got to put us through the refining fire. Now God is a consuming fire. He wants to refine your life, but we can only do it with the power of the Holy Spirit, our helper. So the fire is the testing of your faith. Who's walked through a few fires in your life? You know what's interesting? It says in Isaiah 43 verse 2, is when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor the flames scorch you. Now, I always thought that's, that's great for times of trouble, but actually, it's also predictive and prophetic. It literally says, when when you walk through the fire, not if you walk through the fire. So he's saying the when, it's inevitable that you will go through the fire and probably over and over and over again. You will go through the fire. When you go through the fire, you shall not be burned nor the flame will scorch you. He said, when you go through it, I'll be with you. So it's either we go through the fiery trials of life on our own and we burn up or we go through the fiery trials with God and we don't get scorched and we don't get burned, but we get refined. So you either get burned or you get refined. Which choice would you like to make? But the thing is, you will go through fire. But the fire is actually so important because if we don't actually take our faith through the fire, then our faith is actually not genuine. If our faith, our faith is not tested, it is not purified. You know, there's been many um, different fires in my life. I remember one like a couple of years ago, my, my granddad passed away and he had um, a brain tumour. And for our family, like that, because we like, obviously we've got lots of faith, you know, we like believe in healing, you know, I've laid hands on people before and seen broken legs be healed and we've seen um, chronic illnesses be healed and all this kind of stuff. So we're like, yeah, we believe that God's going to heal, you know, we, we believe that God's going to heal him. But what happened is we actually watched him, you know, we kept praying, we kept believing. I remember sitting by his, um, my granddad's bedside and holding his hand and just going, God, please heal him, please heal him, please heal him. The car rides home, I was like, God, I believe, you know, and I'd just speak out the scripture. I'd be like, God, you are the healer and I know that you've got this. And what happened was my granddad passed away from that brain tumor and I thought, but God, aren't you the healer? I, I, I so believed God. I had so much faith. You said, if I have faith of a mustard seed, then I can move mountains. Like why? Why did this mountain not move? Why did this not happen? That's crazy. But the thing is, is when you go through the times that you learn to lean on God and I had to go, God, okay, I don't understand right now, but I trust you. I don't understand right now. Like it didn't happen the way that I wanted, but I trust you. But what actually happened is that God came, um, helped me to realize was actually that he did heal my granddad, but he healed him not in the way that I wanted. He took him into the arms of Jesus and gave him complete healing and restoration. So when we go through the fire, it's for refining of our faith. It's because we've got to realize things don't happen the way that we think. We've got to stop looking with our view, but actually with the eyes of heaven. It's actually, you no, know, God knows all. God knows more than what I know. And I've actually got to trust him and stop trying to do things my way, but actually trust in him and look to him. There's a refining of the, um, refining of fire, you know, I, there was a season I went through where I was jobless for three months, and um, that was a rough season, you know, I was like, I managed to get like a small job, earning like 50, 60 bucks a week, but that was like pretty much my petrol money, you know, trying to get to youth, and, and do all the things with church, and all this kind of stuff we had to do, so it wasn't, it wasn't a whole lot, and I was like, God, God, like, I need a job. Like, I need, I need money. Like, what's going on? And I was praying and praying, and it was three months, and I was like, God, like, you know, I need this thing. And you said that you would provide. But the thing was is that that's where the refining fire happens because it refined my faith to see actually I don't need money. I need God, and God will provide. And I tell you what, he provided. He provided so much in my life i had i had just money walk up in my bank account left right and center not some dodgy thing like people just transferring money into my bank account i'm getting petrol vouchers i'm getting you know people buying me clothes and i'm getting you know i even got a holiday i got, went on a cruise i went on a cruise all expenses paid and i had a friend drop 200 bucks in my bank account for spending money while i was away and i was like God, you are, like, you are crazy. I look at this and I go, I can't even, I'm not even going to be able to eat. And you look at it and you go, just trust me. And you take me on a holiday? Like, what? What? <laughs> You know that is the refining fire. We've got to. He takes us through trials. He takes us through difficult things because he's got to teach us to lean on him to be more like him. Also, in those times, he looks at attitudes of your heart. You know, I got angry at God. I'm not even going to lie. You know, when my, my granddad, when I was seeing him waste away, and I said, like, God, I don't understand. This is this is so upsetting. Like, why would you do this? And and God had to refine those character and that thing in my heart. You know, where I was resistant to him, or I was rebellious to him, or I wasn't trusting him. He has to pull out those things. Or in that season of joblessness, you know, I had this attitude where I was looking at other people going, and why do they have a job and, and, and they don't deserve it and I deserve it. And I'm seeing all these people get jobs around me and I was like, what the heck? I'm tithing still. I'm still believing, you know, God, and I'm still praying. And, and they're the ones, they don't even tithe, you know. Why are they getting a job, you know? And, and, and it's those attitudes of our heart where God's like, you know, you need to stop looking at other people. Firstly, repent of all those things that you said, okay, God, you know. And, he, you know, brings you in humility and humbles you before him. It's a refining fire. because He's going to make you more like him. So you can choose. I'm either going to burn up in the trials or I'm going to be refined through the fire it is inevitable <laughs> but we can choose which way that we go and the last one is that the fire grows fire grows fire builds fire ooh, fire intensifies you know with that with the fire of the god that you can burn and not burn up like i'm saying you can burn and not burn up we know the strength of fire we've seen it devastate our country you know, it, it's near impossible to stop once it starts going. You know, we were like praying like mad for the rain. You know, we need the rain. I remember seeing those amazing videos of the rain coming down, the firefighters just being so relieved and getting out and dancing in the rain because it's something that we would praying for and it was one of the only things that could really fix the situation. It is so impossible to stop. It has a pace and it is fast. Once fire starts to catch, it keeps going and it picks up speed and it picks up intensity and it gets bigger and bigger and it consumes everything in its way and leaves nothing behind. A fire needs two important things to grow and to increase. One is fuel. Fuel is your life. Like we said, your life is a living sacrifice. So if you want God to burn in your life, then you actually have to start laying down some things for Him to burn. You have to start laying down parts of your life that you've been withholding from Him, laying down parts of your life that you've been like, oh God, I don't want you, like you can you can touch this area of my life, but don't I don't want you to deal with this. I don't want you to deal with this issue of the past. I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm not ready to give that up yet or I, I don't want you to deal with this attitude here because I think that's okay or, you know, oh, I don't want to do that thing you've called me to do because I'm, I'm scared or I'm afraid. No, 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 God says you need to lay it all down. You are a living sacrifice. So if you want him to burn, then you've got to give him something to burn. You've got to give him your life. Lay it on the altar. If we want to burn for a passion for God, if we want to see God move powerfully in our lives, if we want to see the fullness of the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, then we need to be prepared to lay it all down on the altar. Say, here I am, God, send me. The second thing is it needs oxygen. So we've got some fuel, but eventually the fuel, well, eventually it burns up, hey. We need oxygen. We need the Holy Spirit to get it going. Because you can have some fuel and you're like, you know, you've got this little bit of fire, but if you starve it of oxygen, it just dies. You can keep trying to chuck fire on it, but it won't catch light until you give it some air, you give it some oxygen, you give it some room to grow. And what's interesting is the Holy Spirit in the Bible is described like a rushing wind or the breath of God. You know, when Jesus um, came to the disciples before he sent them to heaven, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And it says he breathed on them. Isn't that interesting? And, and it says that, 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 Holy, um, that we need oxygen for a fire. We need the breath of God. We need the, the wind of the Holy Spirit to get that fire going, to get that fire growing. You know, we need the Holy Spirit on our life. When you get oxygen on a fire, it goes boom, like Oh, it goes crazy. I don't know if you've ever seen before, like, my sister, um, my sister's husband had a bunch of his his lad friends around um, his house, and I happened to be there at the time, and they were building this bonfire, and they were, like, you know, boys with fire, they're like, yeah, 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 like, let's chop the logs, like, this is awesome, and they're like, oh, yeah, I can make a bigger fire than you and all this, and, and they're just, like, getting really excited about it, but then one of them goes, all right, let's get some air on this fire, and then he whips out, like, the leaf blower, and they're like, yeah. <laughs> But the funny thing was, as soon as they got the leaf blower on that tiny little fire, it just went boom. It just shot up. It was so cool. Um, (laughs) But without the power of the Holy Spirit, we're like trying like this little flame. We're like, come on, come on, come on. I want to keep this fire on fire for Jesus. I'm trying so hard to be passionate. I'm trying so hard to keep going. I'm trying, God. I'm trying. And then you just fizzle out. But when we get the breath of God, when we get the wind of the Holy Spirit, when we get that oxygen on that fire, I tell you, watch it grow, watch it burn, watch it increase. And what's crazy about fire is fire catches, it spreads. You know, you're like, why can't I affect the people around me? Why am I finding it so hard? Why am I going around the same circle over and over and over again on the same issue? Or why is it I can't seem to, to seem to get people to respond to the gospel or do anything great for God? Have you got the Holy Spirit on your life or are you trying to do it on your own? Have you got the wind? Have you got the breath of God on your life to keep that fire going, to let that fire burn, to let it grow and let it spread? You want to make a difference to the world around you, then you need to get on fire for God and you need to get the Holy Spirit flowing through your life. Fire can be seen, fire can be smelt, fire can even be heard. The heat draws people towards it. Also, it's just mesmerizing, isn't it? You can just watch fire for ages. But that's the thing: when the fire of God gets on your life, when you let the Holy Spirit grow that in your life, that's what's going to attract people around you. That's what, when they see the fire of God, they're going to they're going to want to they're going to be attracted to the warmth of that. They're going to be attracted to that because that's something different. They haven't seen someone burn with such passion before. People hate their jobs. People whinge about their lives. My life is so hard. Oh, how was your weekend? Oh, it was boring. Oh, how was your weekend? Oh, I just got wasted and I'm so tired now. uh, Oh, how's this? Oh, you got a new house? Yeah, yeah, but it's it's cool. But I got bills to pay. Uh, Everyone's life is so... Like, I've never seen anyone really get that excited about anything for a long time. Like, when I was a teenager in school, a lot of people got excited about things. Now as an adult, it's like, oh my gosh, you people are boring. Like. Why can't you get excited about anything? Even food. I'm like, mmm, oh, this is so good. This is so good. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for this cake. Like, mmm. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's a nice cake. I'm like, what's wrong with you people? Don't you get excited about anything? Like, it is cake. Like, mmm. But this is what I get excited about life when the Holy Spirit gets on my life. Everything is exciting. Everything is so interesting. You know, life is just amazing. Life is this incredible gift that we have. And the Holy Spirit takes us on adventures. He gets us to see crazy things. Like I said, we see miracles happen on a daily basis when we lean into the Holy Spirit. He opens up conversations you never thought were possible. You can lay hands on the sick and see them healed. You can have the power of God come upon your life. You can have the Holy Spirit speak to you and tell you things that you never knew or never understood. He gives you confidence beyond measure of understanding. People want that, but they can't have that. They don't know where to get it when they can't even see that fire on your life. They want to see that fire. They want to see that you burn. Burn with a passion for God. I just want to read... Just one last scripture. It's in Matthew 25, verse 1 to 12. It's a story about these 10 virgins, vir- virgins. I can't even speak. These 10 virgins. And it says that basically, at the time of the kingdom of heaven, will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oils and jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they became drow- all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry ran out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going to go out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived, The virgins who were ready went in with them in the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later the others said to them, also came, Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Whoa, that's rough. But this is what happened is we have a fire that God wants us to have a fire in our life, a fire for God. And it says that there was was a group that had oil for their fire to keep it burning. And there was a group that were foolish and and didn't. You know, like we talked about how the oxygen, we need oxygen for the fires, the Holy Spirit is a wind. The Holy Spirit is also described like oil. And they put oil in the lamp that kept it burning. So when the bridegroom came, is the ones that still had the lamp burning were the ones that got to go in. And the five that didn't, they had a fire. They had a fire at one stage in their life, they had a fire at one stage in that night, but by the time the bridegroom came, it was burnt out. By the time the bridegroom came, it was gone. And they got shut out. And I hate like sometimes like preaching messages like this because I'm like, one, I'm like convicted myself, you know. Um, But also it's like, it's scary to say some of these things. But the thing is, the Bible is literally saying is like, you burn now or you burn later. You burn now with a fire and passion for God. You go after Him. You let Him consume your life. You let Him get rid of those things and make Him more like you. You go after Him and follow Him with your life. Or if you choose like those, those, um, those, lady, those other five, you know, I'm not going to, you know, burn with a passion for God. I'm not going to, you know, actually in, um, have the Holy Spirit on my life. I'm not going to let God consume my life. I'm not going to let Him have every part. You're just going to burn out. And what happens to those who burn out is then they get shut out. And what happens to those who get shut out is they burn in the fire, in the eternal fire of hell. That's what happens when you get shut out. The bridegroom is actually Jesus and he's welcoming those people in, those people that followed him, those people that served him with his life. You know, it actually says at the end of our life, we come before God and it actually says that all our works are going to be tested with fire. Our whole life is going to be tested with fire. So if you didn't go through the refining process now so that your works will actually stand up, your life will actually stand up before God, then when you come before Him at that point, everything is going to burn up and you're going to have nothing to show for your life. And you're going to have to stand before God and say, oh God, I didn't follow you. God, I didn't serve you. God, I didn't, I didn't obey you. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but that's, that's sorry, that's too late. So we can burn with fire now or we can burn with fire. later. Which fire do you want to burn with? I don't know about you, but I'm going to burn with a passion for God. But if we want to sustain that, we need the Holy Spirit on our life. We need Him on our life. We need a fresh outpouring. It's not a one-time moment. It's a continual. Like those ladies, they had the oil to keep putting with the candle to keep it burning. They keep putting it there so that fire could keep on burning. We need the Holy Spirit to keep coming upon our life, fresh outpouring over and over again to keep us burning on fire for God. Are you living for Jesus or are you living for yourself? Are you living in a way that honors God or in a way that pleases only you? Are you listening to the voice of God and obeying or are you resisting the Holy Spirit? Do you want to burn with fire for God? I just want everyone in this place just to close your eyes and bow your head. God is calling all of us to Himself. It's a road less traveled. Like I said, it's not easy but it's the road that leads to salvation, it's the road that leads to life. And when we burn with passion for God, oh, our life just gets so much better though. It is the greatest life that you can ever live is a life on fire for Jesus, is a life on fire for God. Even going through the refining fire, you come out the other side better, you come out the other side stronger. greater faith, and I just want to ask if there's anyone here today and you're like, I've never had a relationship with Jesus before. I've never burned with a passion for God before. I don't even know what that means. If that's you today and you're like, I, I want that for my life. I want to I know Jesus. I want to have that relationship with Him. I want to burn with a passion for God. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hand in this place. I'd love to pray with you. maybe you've made this decision before, but you've walked away. You've been like those, those virgins with the lamp who didn't keep putting the oil on. And you're like, I once burned. I once had that relationship. I once was on fire for God, but I let that burn out. But I want to come back to Him today. If that's you, I just encourage you just to raise your hand in this place, and I'd love to pray with you. Awesome. All right, I just want everyone just to stand in this place. You can open your eyes. You don't have to do it blind. (laughs) But I want to ask you, church, do you want to burn with fire for God? Are you a mediocre flame? Are you a tiny little birthday candle? Are you a blaze? Are you a bonfire? Are you a uh, forest fire? You know, are you set on fire for God? Are you making a difference? Do you want God to set you on fire again? Maybe you're like, yeah, I wanna burn, but I'm like burning out right now. I need some oil of the Holy Spirit upon my life. I need some of that oxygen, then I encourage you just to come down the front. There's nothing shameful about that. Like it says in the Bible, there's a complete, there's an infilling of the Holy Spirit over and over and over again. So if that's you, I just want you to come. Come right now as we as we're singing this song, I wanna burn. With the passion for God. I want the oil of the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit to pour out my life. If that's you, just come now.